0: Support for Sponsor Talk and the following message come from sponsor CX. If you're looking for an innovative, intuitive, and simple way to manage your sponsorships, look no further than this sponsorship management software. Sign up for a demo today and find out how easy it is to manage your sponsors. Learn more at www.sponsorcx.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Sponsor Talk podcast, where we interview some of the leading minds in the world of sponsorship marketing and discover the various ways and how brands interact with properties in sports, arts, film, music you name it. I'm today's co host, Jason Smith. You can follow me at SponsorshipJ on Twitter or on LinkedIn to keep engaged with our Sponsor Talk community. Hopefully, today you learn something new about the industry and challenges you to keep thinking differently. All right. I want to welcome everyone to Sponsor Talk. Uh, We've got a great uh, podcast today. We've got uh, Emily Paciuta, Chief Marketing and Analytics Officer with Invesco, and Joanne Scott, Managing Director, Men's Basketball Championships for the NCAA. And I'm excited about this partnership. Uh, Me With my background being in the financial industry too with with sponsorships, um, I'm excited to talk with with uh, both of these leaders in the in the industry um, to talk about their their partnership um, together um, and some programs that they've built around financial education, and um, we'll we'll talk about uh, how COVID kind of impacted the launch of of this partnership too, which will be a lot of fun. But Emily Joanne, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks. Great to be here.
0: Yeah. Thank. Thank you. I think at first I want to just introduce um, each of you individually to and kind of give a little bit of background um, on each one of you. So Emily, why don't you, why don't you give a little bit of background of who you are and, and how you got to Invesco and and tell us a, a little bit about you.
2: Yeah, no, well, well thank you very much. And um, looking forward to a great conversation where we love our partnership with the NCAA. It's so exciting for us and, and for our employees as well as our clients. So um, yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm, uh, the Chief Marketing Analytics Officer for the Americas at Invesco. And Invesco is um, a global asset manager, which means that we um, manufacture and distribute investment products like mutual funds and ETFs or exchange-traded funds um, for a wide variety of different types of clients, um, institutions, big institutions. So DC plans, pension plans all around the world. Um, as well as for financial advisors um, who work with individual investors and families. Um, so basically anywhere where people could invest in mutual funds ETFs, financial products, that's where you can find us. Um, yeah, I've been at the firm, it'll be four years, and, and my background has been you know, primarily, uh, for this part of my career anyway, um, yeah, associated with financial services. Um, both on the wealth management side, insurance and asset management. Um, before that, though, I always think of this in some ways as almost a second career. Um, I I actually um, have a master's in film production from NYU. and oh, super interesting. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, right. And so I really do come from a more of a creative and storytelling background. Yeah. Um, worked for a little bit in television uh, and I've written a number of screenplays, um, etc. cetera. And so... Um, you know, really come from that um, storytelling place, um, which I think in some respects is a very good skill uh, for a marketer to have because, you know, we all love stories and and we um, tend to gravitate to people who are into brands who who are great storytellers. And, yeah, and that's be, certainly... you have to
0: be a great storyteller in marketing.
2: Yeah, like, no, you do. You're going
0: to use our product or service, yep. right? Tell that yep. story.
2: That's right. And even in a a product like, um, you know, asset management products that are um, maybe not as commonly understood. It's not like, you know, sneakers or or potato chips or anything like that. Um, And so storytelling actually becomes even more important. So anyway, that's just a little bit about me.
0: That's great. No, thank you. Joanne, how about you?
1: So I just, first of all, I wanna start off by saying thank you and thank you to Invesco um, because uh, because of our corporate partners like and, and champions like a, uh, Invesco, we are able to do what we do at the NCAA. I've been at the NCAA now for eight years. Um, I manage the day-to-day of the men's basketball championship. Um, I spent the 17 years before that at Nike uh, in Nike sports marketing. Um, and so I uh, when I left Nike, um, the, the recent Olympic Games have brought me back to uh, what I was doing. I, was, I worked on the London and Vancouver Olympic Games before I left uh, and signing great uh, Nike athletes. And then again, with another Olympic flair, the 10 years before that, I worked at USA Basketball and was very fortunate for almost 30 years ago. Uh, the highlight of that career was uh, of my career there was... Um, Working with the dream team in 1992. So oh, amazing! Uh, Histo- yeah, it was amazing. Historic. I wish I would have, I I would have uh, journaled every day. I kind of regret that. But so been in athletics all my life. I grew up in the state of Nebraska, in a town of 600 folks. I got uh, my undergrad at the not University.
0: 600 people, 600 folks, oh, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that.
1: Found out are the nicest people ever, and uh, I got my undergrad at Nebraska Kearney, and my MBA at Butler. So happy to be here.
0: That's awesome. that's great. Well, thank you to both of you guys for for coming um, and being on the podcast today. Uh, let's just start with how how did Invesco and the NCAA even come together right how did how did this partnership come to life? And I'll just let either one of you t- take that.
2: Yeah, well, I think we called. I think it, it, I'm pretty sure that uh, we, we called. Um, so you had I, the I,
0: idea so that that's the that's the great thing. So how did that internally with Invesco, start to where you're like hey we need to reach out to the ncaa
2: yeah so um i would say that we did not have as you know top priority um creating a deep partnership from a sports perspective that that actually wasn't necessarily a priority um however um we did know that our clients and their clients um are particularly interested in college sports. And so if you were going to do anything in the sports sponsorship space, you would probably want to be aligned to, you know, college sports. Yeah. And, you know, when you choose when you work with a singular team, right? So a lot of companies will have naming rights on a stadium or something like that. Like that only gets you so far. Whereas for us, our clients are broad, right? Um, They're, they're all over the, Country all over the world. Um, they have um, affiliations and fandom with lots of different schools. Yep. Um, and so we didn't want to be aligned just with a singular um, either team or even sport. And so that, I mean, there's only one choice, then, and that's the NCAA. And um, we didn't even know if they were looking for additional partners and um, or if they were, you know, already kind of booked up with somebody in the financial space. But like i said if if it hadn't worked out with them it wasn't like it was something then we'd go to the next choice or the next choice or the next choice on the list it was very much like this is a perfect fit for us both in terms of reach as um as well as what I call values alignment and we talk a little bit more about that as it yeah. relates to financial education and literacy um and so it was kind of NCAA or or we weren't going to go down that kind of path so we made the call and did you
0: did you have thoughts of individual schools at that point? Or was it like, hey, we just, the NCAA makes sense because it's all encompassing? Or did you have any sort of strategies with specific schools at all?
2: No, not particularly. I mean, look, we, um, we have offices all over the country. Yeah. Um, our own employee base. And this was really, it turned out to be very important for our employees that we did yeah. this. It made, really made them very proud. They, they have, you know, wide range of alma maters um and so it it wasn't that we were thinking about activating with a particular school in mind it was more the ncaa what it represented them as a brand in fact um and that we saw a lot of a lot of alignment um also i I know joanne is representing basketball but for us part of the appeal was full year all sports right men's and women's sports that was very very appealing to us um as well
0: yeah perfect yeah, sometimes you've got companies that target into bigger market schools, right, and 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 things like that. But I, I like that you that you're you're looking at it from a holistic standpoint of like, hey, we want the big schools, we want the small schools, we want men's and women's, we want all sports, yeah. and and so what what a what a better partner than just the NCAA. But Joanne, how about you on your yeah, own. you
1: know, Jason, you've been in this business long enough to know a win-win. And I yeah. think you have this common purpose, which um, I just feel that we both do, with culture and fit, and um, like education-based, you know, there it's about you know financial education, and we're about education. So I just think um, you know, like you know, the sports fan, the sports student you know, um, but, but it's just more when it goes back to our core values, um, and it's all about education. It just, it was a no brainer because, um, I just think we have so much in common, um, uh, um, as we sit and we plan and we talk about, you know, activations and, um, and how do we help them leverage this relationship? Yeah, yeah I
2: think I'd, I'd, I'd only add that, you know, for us, you know, the multi-dimensionality of how we could activate, a. A partnership with the ncaa was very appealing and so for us we really needed a partnership to hit on four dimensions so the first was that we could engage clients right and that's where i mentioned before the fit yeah. how much people love college sports right like so we knew that we'd be able to engage clients the second was that we could engage employees right i mean yeah. it, it yep. was really important that this excite our employee base as well um, the third was, you know, of course, um, brand, right? We, the NCAA is a, is a top brand, a top tier brand. They, they represent something very important, I think, in the community. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that we were getting good brand lift from the, from the partnership. Um, and the last was, you know, how could we reach into the community? Um, and whether that was um, the university and college community, right, through financial education, but it was also, you know, how could we bring things, which we haven't really brought forward yet because just because of COVID, but things like community improvement and, you know, court reclamation and things like that. Like it was really important that we be present in the communities where we work and live as a company um, together with the NCAA. And you could, you could absolutely activate on all four of those dimensions in really fulsome ways.
0: Yeah. And we'll talk about some of the financial education, you know, initiatives that you'll have, but you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in that too. Like having making sure that in every partnership, sponsorship partnership that you have is having some sort of a community element tied to it. Cause you know, it's one thing to just spend some money to throw your name up and on a, you know, on a billboard or in, in an arena or things like that, but tying it back into some sort of give back is super, super important. And if the company is aligned with a service that can do that e- even better just like for, from a financial standpoint, you mentioned something that was super interesting to me that I would like for you to just elaborate on a little bit more um, was, was getting your employees involved. So how how, how did you do that?
2: Yeah, so um, so obviously this year, because of COVID, right, our first year of the sponsorship effectively got pushed to this year, 2021, um, and we were still remote. And so all of our plans for in office pep rallies and watch parties and things like we really had to rethink and pivot. Um, We did bring forward um, a virtual pep rally. Um, It featured, um, you know, Grant Hill, Greg Gumbel, who were part of our our paid activation efforts. Um, We did, you know, virtual brackets, um, you know, and even our CEO participated um, and was winning for quite a while um, into the tournament. Um, and it just um, you know, we we made available if people wanted, i call it swag, right? Yeah. You know, like like um Invesco NCAA foam fingers and things like that if people yeah. wanted. Obviously, we're very conscious of carbon footprint, so we didn't just mail it out to everybody, but if people really wanted it, um we sent it to them, et cetera. So um, you know, and then you know, we made sure that we were very present from a social media perspective and that employees could kind of participate in that. Social conversation all throughout the tournament. Um, so those were just some of the ways. And you know, next year, assuming that you know we're back more in person, or certain people are more in a hybrid uh, work environment going forward, um, we'll think about how to blend in person and virtual together in a you know even a more dynamic way than we did this year.
0: Joanne, do you have anything to add to that? Just on yeah, on kind of listening just, to what to what Emily's talking about on her side and how that worked on on yeah. the NCAA side.
1: You know, I was just going to say, I think um, one of the things I just wanted to say was on the whole win-win is we have 90 championships at the NCAA. So many. Um, So, you know, while we might be talking a little bit more about March Madness today, there's an incredible opportunity there um, with 90 to leverage, you know, from, you know, September to, you know, June. So I, again, I I just go back to, it just feels like it's a win-win for both of us.
0: So what what happened? So this was supposed to launch this March Madness campaign was supposed to launch in 2020 and COVID hits and yep. right when it's getting ready to start. <laughs> um that was probably a big blow to your team um as they were preparing. It's not like you sign a deal a couple of weeks before and then you go I'm sure there was a lot of work yep. put put into that, right? And so all of a sudden all this work that's been put in, they're like, "Hey, I'm sorry. You we're we're, we're on hold." Um how did, how did your team take that? I mean, both, both teams, I mean, on the NCAA side and Invesco.
2: I don't know, Joanne, do you want to start? I'm sure it was, it was even more traumatic. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. And I'll follow. Um, Yeah. So, um, so I remember like we, we, we sensed it was coming, right? Like we just, we really did sense it was coming, but um, I was sitting on a plane, actually um, coming back from Atlanta to Newark. I lived in New Jersey and, um, got a text from, you know, the woman who was leading it for me um, that it was canceled. And um, and I just, you know, I'm on a plane, right? I can't even gather everybody together. Um, and I just knew um, how defeating it would be to have Uh, put so much creativity, people right at Invesco were so excited and still are obviously excited about this partnership because it was unlike anything we'd ever done before. Like we'd never been on a stage like that, like this. And um, and so people were so excited and, you know, marketers, salespeople, like everybody was really excited. And um, so it was defeating. That said, we very quickly realized that, you know, the world and society was facing a far greater problem than if than whether or not, you know, March Madness was gonna take place. And in fact, all of our creativity and resources very quickly pivoted to helping our clients help their clients, you know, remain calm in a a very volatile financial market, right? And so um, we quickly found an outlet for all that energy um, that, you know, again, is very much about the purpose of Invesco um which is to help people get more out of life and you know and i think that that very quickly pivoted and we realized that there was that this was the right decision it was right for the athletes it was right for the fans yeah. like this was a very, all filled with unknowns and it continued right to evolve and it's evolving even today right as to what what you know what the long term impacts of covid are going to be on our on our society so um i i would say it was a moment of whoa (laughs) that was a lot of work um and and quote unquote for nothing um the flip side is is that having the extra year our execution in 2021 was was
0: super dialed in it
2: (laughs) so much better than it would have ever been in 2020 so having that little bit of a dress rehearsal um you know without ever having going into market really Helped our execution certainly, and and I think our, our strong results coming out of March Madness are a testament to that.
0: Well, I think that's, I think, I think that's, uh, you know, at first when you first get that news, it's kind of deflating a little bit, right? If you put all this work in, and but life goes on, right? And and you've got you've got 2021 to look forward to, and, and hopes that 2021 was going to actually pull off too, right? <laughs> right, but uh, no, that's uh, th- thank you for sharing that, Joanne. I'm sure on your end, you were affected. Yeah, you know, yeah, just as much, right? Yeah,
1: it it was it for us. I um when we canceled March Madness, we canceled all of our winter and spring championships. So, and I would say it just came so fast. Like we all like you know like Emily said, you knew it was coming, but it came so fast. Um, and so I think because it was our championships. But also before we canceled, we saw our conferences pulling teams off of basketball courts and you saw campuses closing. So that's our membership. So it was not only, okay. we've canceled championship, they've canceled championships. The kid, you know, all the students are going to be, you know, taking classes virtually, which is probably the biggest shift that's ever happened in, you know, in college athletics and colleges um, to my, since I, in my lifetime. So for us, it was a big shift of, you know, I think a lot of times we ask, is this really happening? Um, And I'm sure a lot of people ask that during the pandemic. Um, But ours was a shift to, okay, you know, as we watched our, you know, um, our own members start to say, how's this going to financially affect us? From moving forward, me personally, having come from the Nike side and coming from the from the corporate partner side, I immediately went. A lot of our corporate partners use our platform to launch a new product or to launch a you know their their activation. And all I could think about was, oh my gosh, you know, all these you know new initiatives aren't going to get launched. So um, it, it was a lot, and it wasn't. I mean, but I would end by saying. Um, more than anything, I could not on the flight home. I was, I was in New York and I was flying back to Indy. I could, i like, I, I was thinking of Marcus Howard at Marquette and Obi top and at Dayton. They didn't, you know, they were, they went, they went to school one year and then they went to the, you know, they left, they didn't get their one shining moment. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I, and as much as I kept telling our staff, you know, we'll get to do this again. They don't, so all the graduating seniors, all the you know, kids, they didn't get to experience it again. And the coaches that were in, we had co- automatic qualifiers. We hadn't selected teams yet, but the coaches that had gotten in for the first time, you know, I mean, my heart just bled for them. That was the heart of any team. All of our teams were yeah. experiencing that.
0: Yeah. And and so you had more time to, to do some execution on this, right? You had another 12 months to... to to launch this and and just this last spring, um, in March of 2021. So, after the completion of March Madness, how do you guys feel like the the execution of the partnership went?
2: Yeah, look, I I like I said to start, like we really um, love and appreciate the partnership that we have with the NCAA. I think it will only grow and get better and better over time. I think um, this year, uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, our results were strong. It's new for us. We didn't even know what to expect, frankly, from a results perspective. Um, You know, Invesco is the official asset manager of the NCAA and Invesco QQQ, which is one of the largest ETFs of all ETFs, um, is the official ETF of the NCAA. And, you know, I think that, vesco QQQ um, gives investors access to the innovations of the Nasdaq 100, and the 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 ETF is really known by the people who hold it. So just general people who hold Invesco QQQ know they have it. It's almost like they have fans, right? Just like sports teams have fans, um, and they know it because. It, it's filled with brands that they know and love, like Apple and Google and Peloton, right? And and so people have strong affinity for it, but it's rooted in innovation. And so it was fascinating because this year, right, we were all working from home. Everything was different. You had to take an innovative approach to reaching clients and to this partnership, right? And just yep. like the NCAA had to take innovative approaches to hosting the tournament. And and so it was such a perfect, like you couldn't have planned a better marriage of of, um, sort of thematics around innovation for the time that we were in. And so everything we did from an execution perspective in partnership with the NCAA was rooted in innovation. So not only was our campaign theme about agents of innovation, so putting the actual investor in the QPQ in this really interesting place um, around innovation, um, but it was also, you know, for example, we did an AI game with Grant Hill. Grant Hill was the narrator. Yeah, of I was a, just
0: about to ask you about Grant, Grant Hill. Yeah, and...
2: of, of an AI game. And, you know, who's doing AI games, right? You know, yeah, and in yeah. asset management. But, you know, everything we wanted to do was just to bring forward that, was to live that theme of innovation. And um, it was a perfect year to do it because we all were having to pivot and think differently about how we did Many of the things that um, had been done for years prior a certain way. Yeah, so
0: so t- t- tell everyone yeah. about that game. Like what yeah. what was what was what was the idea around that? Why did you do it? And maybe why you chose Grant Hill and, and explain explain that.
2: Yeah. No. Of course. So so we worked with um, two. Um, well, first of all, you know, we wanted to work with um, uh, people of note who had incredible credibility in the basketball space, right? We knew that we were a new entrant, right? People don't think in Vesco, oh, college basketball, right? And so, um, you know, one of my colleagues um, always says, you don't want to be the dad at the disco, right? So you want to be really um, contextually relevant. So it was important that we surrounded ourselves with people that you could identify as as being um, leaders from a basketball perspective. So you know, Grant Hill is perfect for that. Um, he also has ties to Atlanta um, and that is our headquarters. And so it was really a perfect fit. And he was very excited to work with us. And we, again, are going to continue and, to work and with
0: And to Canada. be clear, you, this isn't through the NCAA, you had to work with Grant Hill's group, right? Right, we
2: did. That's right. Our, our, our sports marketing agency um, helped us make the introduction. Um, and, and again, like I said, because of his ties to Atlanta and the Atlanta community, um, he is very interested in in um, having a fulsome, meaningful partnership yep. with Invesco. Yep. Um, we used him uh, for the NCAA and he had a ton of fun um, doing it. it. was for him as the almost narrator of the AI game. And so the game is very simple. It's you are virtually shooting baskets. And when you you score, it turns it into like digital dough. Yeah. And then when the game is over, it takes that digital dough, translates it into an investment in Invesco QQQ and shows you how that investment looking backward might have grown. And when we say
0: digital dough, we're not talking about crypto.
2: <laughs> no, no. We're saying like, you know, like pretend, pretend money. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so um, and, and, you know, so asset managers will often show something called the growth of 10,000. And it's typically a chart and it says if you put $10,000 into this fund over a period of time, it grows to this. This was just an incredibly innovative way to bring the growth of 10,000 forward. Um, Again, in this really contextually relevant way, um, we had, you know, 80,000 plays of the game, um, which was amazing for us. And can they still almost, play
0: it? Can people still play it right now? Too? Um,
2: so we have it. We've taken the, um, the college basketball experience down. Okay. Um, you know, we're um, preparing for fall football and different experiences okay. um, for, for football. So stay tuned.
0: Um, stay tuned to some football. So stay tuned.
2: That's right. That's
0: right. Yeah, that'll, that'll, be, that'll be great. Joanne, how about on your end with, with any of that, all, all of, all of that, that piece of it, working with Invesco on that side?
1: Yeah, I I just want to applaud Invesco because um, it was a challenging year and it was kind of a wait and see year. We weren't, you know, I think we were following all the leagues and all the teams to say what are they doing and who's living in a controlled environment and who's not. And so, um, you know, the biggest challenge for us is how do we help our corporate partners and champions innovate and understand what they could and should do, because typically at a at like at the final four, we would have a fan fest and we would have you know interactive and and you know we all know with COVID that you know we're and with and with um, you know vaccines coming out, it was kind of, of
0: logistical issues. Actually.
1: It was, it was, and so um, we just tried to communicate often. Um, Even if we didn't know where we were going, we were trying to communicate with them and assist with them and trying to send them down the direction. You know, we had a medical advisory group of top epidemiologists in our membership and uh, with the CDC everywhere. Um, We had a group of folks that they were the ones advising us. So we just tried to keep everybody up to speed as to what our decision-making was. Um, And, um, you know, so that it could be a safe, march man you know the, the number one goal was to have a safe march madness and yeah. keep student athletes and teams safe so um but but again i applaud them i applaud them all all everyone at investigo because um especially in their first real activation of uh, of the of the partnership because it, it was a unique year for sure
0: well you you touched on something there that i think is super important to, to highlight which is communication um mm-hmm you know, having that communication with your partner um, through all of those challenges. I think a lot of the partnerships that that made it through the, the COVID pandemic uh, are, are the ones that really communicated well and worked well with each other. So I'm going to ask you guys kind of a little bit of a tougher question. Just getting a feel for both of you is probably easy for you guys to answer, but um, you know, with, with the pandemic, there's a lot of sponsorships, like sponsorship just kind of stopped almost, right? In, in some areas, because there was literally no events going on. Obviously, you had entered into this agreement, you know, Emily, you're finding out that now this investment's not starting in 2020, it's now starting in 2021, you've got budget potential issues there, um, companies can sometimes, and I'm not saying Invesco's doing this, but you know, saying, oh, we've got budget constraints now, let's try and get as much money back that we can from partners. Um, so how, how did you guys negotiate through that a little bit? If you don't mind me asking a little bit of a, of a hard question, how did you ne- navigate through the delay of, of, of all of that? And Joanne, you, you nailed that communication. I think, I think you guys, that, that's a big part of it. But how did you guys work through that?
2: Yeah, so um, from our perspective, our commitment to the partnership remains right? We understood that it was um, something that happened in the world that no one could have ever predicted. Yeah, Um, It didn't change our thinking about the NCAA. It didn't change our thinking about the applicability of of college athletics as something that we wanted to be associated with. So that didn't change. Um, So, you know, our conversations with the NCAA were very good, very transparent, very quick, you know, that you know basically the sponsorship dollars for 2019 would get pushed to the next year right and it, it would be effectively your year one okay yeah. fine yep. and yeah. then from a you know look it's the advertising piece that you know those commitments that um are, are actually the big dollars frankly and again all those that that money like just came back um and um you know we planned for the next year like it was, it was Fairly straightforward. I actually was very worried, never having been in the seat before to, you know, have to do this. I didn't know like, oh, my goodness, you know, was there some red tape or fine print in the contracts and, you know, like, et cetera, et cetera. But like yeah, everything went um, exactly as you would hope it would. Which well, and, was, I, yeah. and
0: I appreciate you saying that because I, I, I think that's an important piece is that that you had a vision, you had a direction and you didn't really steer from like you're like, this is where we want to go and and the plan that we want to go down. Yeah, it's delayed, but we're we're committed, right? And we're committed, and we'll work it out, right? Work work out the details, but but we're committed. How about on your end, Joanne, with with all of this?
1: Well, again, I, I mean, Emily said it very well, but I think it goes back to you know this is why relationships matter, um, and this is why partnerships matter, and yes. communication. And and again, it's I would not say not a
0: transaction, right?
1: No, it's not. And if it is, you know, if that's if that's the conversation you're having um you know, i i i it's it's a good healthy conversation um when there's respect on both sides and like it's a win win as we keep saying but it's i i found that everybody you know once you go and kind of go into a pandemic people have a different mindset you know they're, they're i don't want to say the the negotiation changes but um, it wasn't anything that anybody caused. It wasn't anybody anything that anybody didn't deliver on. Yeah. And, and also, I think again, and just the last thing I would say is, you know, the, the entire tournament canceled. And again, the biggest piece of of the of the partnership is the advertising buy. Yeah. So you know that did not that did not take place. So um, I just think um, it was very, um, I'd say, healthy and uh, very positive approach by both sides.
0: And 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 again, I appreciate. Let me ask that because I think it's important for in the industry for people to know how how these types of relationships can go. The communication needs to be sound. It needs to be a true partnership, and re, and really yeah. work work through it. Um, and
1: let me just, add one thing on the commu- let me add yeah. one thing on the communication thing. Yep. I think even if we didn't have something to really share that was earth breaking or news breaking, we try to communicate because. In the world of the pandemic and colleges and sports and what was happening, rumors swirl so fast. Oh, yeah. So we just felt like, hey, even if we don't know, we just need to say we need to get on the phone and communicate because, you know, one little thing happens in college sports and the rumors were swirling. So I think it's just it's not so much about, you know, what you're saying it's just that you're you're, you're taking the time and making sure to, to keep everybody, um, you know, up to speed up to speed yes yeah. and transparent yeah.
0: yeah yep and this is a multi-year partnership so what, what are the plans going forward with invesco and in the ncaa um i know we've we touched on it a little bit and maybe this is the time to talk about it but the um you've got a, a financial education program that you want to that you want to launch why don't you uh, both of you kind of take some time to talk a little bit about that
2: yeah so um So Invesco really has a longstanding commitment to financial education. This isn't something new for us, um, both in terms of ways that we're involved in the community um, in which we work and live, um, and also in terms of how we help our clients, help their clients become more confident about their financial decision-making. So it's a very natural place for us to play. Um, But the partnership with the NCAA Um, gives us the privilege of delivering a program to college students, right? A a, a group that um, we don't typically work with regularly, um, but it's a natural outgrowth for us. Um, And then, you know, because like I mentioned before, Invesco QQQ is so popular um, and it has a focus on innovation and especially younger investors really gravitate to the product because of that. Um, having a college student financial education experience that's brought to them by Invesco QQQ really makes a lot of sense for us, right? Um, and so um, this is part of our agreement with the, with the NCAA um, to be the official financial education program um, for the NCAA. Um, and we're developing um, a digital edutainment experience, as it were. Um and it, you know, again, so we're not dead at the disco. It's being done um in a way that's really, really relevant um to college students, starting with the name, um, which is how not to suck at money. Um (laughs) and I remember when we brought that forward to the NCAA, they were a little like, whoa, you know, and um but we did um a significant amount of research. We've actually built um a proprietary college student or recent college grad um research community. Um, that we are consistently testing everything with, everything from the visuals, the design system, the modules of content. Um, and what's amazing to me, because I think there's a belief that like, young people don't wanna be educated about these things. It's just not true. Um, we see tremendous interest, and of course we're keeping the subject matter very relevant, but particularly with first-generation college students or those from you know less affluent backgrounds, they wanna know more than anyone, um, yeah. how to um, become more confident about financial decision making, and so. Is um, this
0: just for athletes, or with all, all all students? It's
2: for all students. It's okay. for all students, and so as we're thinking about and working with bringing this forward into the campuses, you know, we'll we'll do it through a multi pronged approach, of course, right? We'll um, connect with athletic directors and see if it can become part of something that they advocate um, their athletes doing. But we also um, are looking to get engaged with, um, you know, the business programs, the the financial courses, um, as well as, you know, in a more fun way, um, you know, who are the influencers on campus, right? Yeah. We all know that all campuses have um, uh, brand representatives, right? Many companies, Nike, I'm sure, has, has brand reps, college student brand reps. And, um, you know, we're going to sort of create that same kind of ecosystem um, to, drive, to drive adoption. Are you so, working on that
0: individually with specific students, or is the NCAA helping you with, with the influencers specifically?
2: So we're working with um, our agency partner, 160 over 90, um, okay. to um, really create this influencer network. Um, we're starting- That's a big um, project. It is, and again, not something like is core competency for asset management marketers, um, yes. and so uh, we're learning a lot. Um, we're obviously um, bringing on expertise even within our own organization yeah. um, in this space. But uh, you know, I think it's very relevant. Even with our clients, we see such higher adoption of social media and things like that. Like there, this idea of business versus personal, like those lines really have blurred certainly in COVID. And so for us, having this ability to influence through influencers is, is just going to be important, period. But this is a different audience for us. And we're, we're again, super excited about the program. Um, and it is certainly, I've been in this business a long time. I've seen a lot of financial education programs. Um, and this is different than anything, anything I've seen. And so, um, but it will, we'll learn from the, um, the first round of of deployment of eight modules that we're going to put in into um, the hands of the college students, and we'll just it'll get better over time, just like it, any game, right? Think about how yeah. EA Sports does game development, right? NHL 2000 is not as good as NHL 2010.
0: Yeah, to- totally. And Joanne, how are you helping roll this out for them?
2: Yeah, uh, well,
1: I, I want to go back to what Emily said about when she said this is something she hadn't ever, you know done before that. I want to talk about how not to suck at money. (laughs) I read that and I was like, this is awesome. Because I go back to when I met with my first financial advisor and I sat and I was intimidated. I sat in a room and I had to adapt to the way they pitched me. What events Invesco QQQ has done is tweak it to Gen Z. And so instead of maybe as a parent, I think we should adopt instead of saying, you need to save money, we say that you need to not suck at money. Um, I think it's a different approach for kids today. So I think that alone, um, you know, is going to uh, really resonate.
0: You're speaking uh, to that demographic.
1: Totally. You are. You're speaking to that demographic. You know, we have platforms. The NCA has social digital platforms that we can help with launching this also we have a uh, leadership development and we have a student athlete advisory committee and we provide helpful resources and to students and you know in any way we can i just think this again aligns with what we said financial education program that's who we are um and again you know i'm going to go back to the 90 championships and the um you know from 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 the fall through through the spring so um Hoping to really, uh, you know, get involved and help them, you know, just grow the brand and and grow their, you know, help help their pitch to the students. Um, I, I go back to that during a lot of times during March Madness. I call it the biggest alumni weekend ever. You're always cheering for your team or the team that you might not have didn't graduate from, but people think you did. Um, and so our social digital, um, our social digital avenues really are. Uh, you know, tremendous growth opportunities in, in March for this.
0: Awesome. And are you helping connect with, with the different schools too, for, for them? Are you providing any sort of connection no, there? No,
1: right now I believe that's being done by uh, their agency. I've amply chart time in there, but I believe it's being all done by the agency, okay. yes.
2: Yeah, and look, um, you know, the last thing I'd say is this is a long-term commitment for us, right, to help educate the next well, there's generation. a lot of work that's
0: going to go in to help yeah to, and to we'll do learn those, right, right?
2: We'll, we'll start small right so we're based in georgia so we're doing a lot of activation planning with georgia tech um, syracuse and a, you know, a handful of other schools where we know that you know we have strong alumni connections just internally um, and we'll learn from those and we'll get better and better um, and then word of mouth will spread because that's how things work right to your point about um you know in covid like rumors start well good rumors can start too and um you know colleges and ad's do talk to one another and um you know we think that this will take off virally over time
0: well that's awesome i think i think uh, i think it'll be it'll be great and i love the branding to it you know it's a it's uh it's super creative well is there anything about that program that you that you want to touch on anything else specifically
2: uh, I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think, like I said, it's um, it's really, and Duane, you really made a, a, such a beautiful point of um, we're not asking college students to come to us. We're meeting college students where they are. Yeah. Um, and that's in everything from what the game is called to the design style. We're working with a well-known um, graphic design artist named Jose Mendez. He does, um, he's very um, known in the Gen Z space. Um, and so we're just really, um, you know, meeting meeting. The where, they're at, where they're at in right? college right that's what yep. we're doing yep.
0: yep don't make them you know, come to you you go to them right and
2: I, the times
1: have just changed so much i, I think like i was always intimidated and i think some people may be but with you know being able to just access it on your computer and you don't have to you can just like search it whenever you want and learn whatever you want and do it at your own at your own time, and learn and ask questions, and I just think that it. We we have a lot of students that you know are, uh, as Emily said, are really want to learn. They want financial education programs, um, and so I just think today there is no reason for any student, you know, to not be able to take advantage of a tool or you know a program like this.
0: Yeah. Well, I have a few. Final questions I'd like to ask each one of you here that I ask all of my, all of my guests that, that come on, um, on the podcast. Um, Emily, we'll start with you and then, and then we'll go to you, Joanne, but what do you feel like the future looks like for Invesco? Do
2: you mean as a company or in terms of the partnership,
0: uh, with the NCAA? The company. Yeah. Where do, where's, where's, what's the future look like for, for the company itself?
2: Yeah, so um, look, as I mentioned before, we're a purpose-driven company, right? Our, our purpose is to help people get more out of life, um, and we, we do that through what is our core competency, which is um, asset management and investing. Um, you know, I think that um, the future of the company is about continuing to be as client-centric as possible. So whether it's making sure that if you're delivering financial education to college students, you're meeting them where they are, or if it means, you know, working with, you know a, a sovereign wealth investor and making sure that you're building customized product to meet their outcome needs. Like that's what we're all about. Um, And, you know, so that I think is a through line and we just aspire to be better and better at delivering based on what clients need. That said, you know, I think that that most traditional industries are having to evolve very quickly um, to meet the changing times. And that means a far more emphasis on digital engagements, far more reliance on, um, data to help deliver personalized experiences at scale, whether those are sales experiences or marketing experiences, and so I'm I'm seeing us really evolve in exciting ways um, in in that regard as well. And a piece of that, obviously, is name recognition. Um, You didn't need to use you didn't used to need to be such a known name um, if you were an asset manager, but that's no longer the case. Um, you know, more and more, even um, uh, people like me or Jillian who work with advisors, um, we play a significant role in the investment decision-making. And so it's very important that people just know who you are, understand your values, um, as well as the, obviously the products and services that that you can can provide. So that I would say brand is another yeah. area of, of yeah. transformation.
0: Yeah. Joanne, how about you? How about the NCAA? What's the future I, look like for the NCAA? I'd say
1: there's one word that comes to mind and that is change. I'm sure you're aware yeah. of it, but um, I would say the future won't look like the past, which it has uh, uh, for several years at the NCAA. You know, um, there's a lot of just recent changes with the transfer portal and and student-athletes being able to transfer and be immediately eligible to name image likeness, which neither am my responsibility. but um, I will you say the ends- that's, that's, yeah, a, that's another, that. that's yeah. another, podcast, <laughs> another podcast
0: stuff, right? <laughs> um,
1: but our mission moving, looking for our mission won't change. And it hasn't changed. You no, know, we exist to support college student athletes to play a sport they love and earn a degree. Um, and I don't, that mission will not change. And it's, you know, corporate partners like Invesco that are vital to us providing that opportunity. So, um, I don't, that's it's, it's, it's totally, uh, we're at an epic time in the world of the NCAA and, and college sports. Um, and I think anybody who sat in a chair and tried to tell you that they probably could predict the future. I'm not sure they could, but the only word I could really come to is change. There'll be a lot of change. I think. Yeah,
0: that's great. What makes you both get up in the morning and do what you do? We'll have you go first, Joanne, this time.
1: You know, I related, I related this to championships and, um, uh, you know, it's just such storytelling. Um, there's just, you, you just, there, it doesn't matter what championship at the NCAA, there's always a story to tell. Um, and so every year I look forward to those stories being told, um, whether it's, um, sister Jean, um you know or it doesn't matter it can be basketball related it could be field hockey related or it can be fan related um but i i guess it's our mission i i i came to the ncaa because i believe of the in the mission of higher education um but um what really makes me get up every day is i'm hoping that we're creating memories of a lifetime so when all these student athletes are our age they can reflect back to the, one of the best experiences, if not the best experience in their life. But what makes me get up really every day is, um, what I love doing is watching our uh, teams in, for March Madness. I love watching them watch One Shining Moment in the venue. Yeah. So they're standing there watching the video run on the big screen. And I don't even watch One Shining Moment, I watch them. Yeah. Um, and I see the joy and I see the accomplishment. Um, while, by the way, the day before, they might have been taking an online you know, final or a test. And um, that is really why I get up and do what I do every day.
0: Emily, how about you?
2: Yeah, so um, I, I think I'm going to come at it from two dimensions. I mean, the first is, you know, I'm a, a leader of a, a team and an organization. And um, serving them and helping them become the best professionals that they can be. Um, is something that's very important to me, right? It's just, it's, it's, I I really love that part of my job um, in the development of people and sort of serving them to to become the best they can be. Um, You know, on the flip side, I'm also, um, I do believe that um, people and companies that are involved in financial services, if done well, serve a a really higher order purpose, almost like medical professionals. You know, the reality is, is that money um, is, an enabler for people to achieve the hopes and aspirations that they have for themselves and their families. And if you remember that every day that that's what you're helping people do, um, you are going to, um, I think, come forward with more empathy, um, deeper understanding, a desire to understand the client. Um, and ultimately, you know, Joanne, to your point, right? Like um, storytelling and helping people make emotional connectivity so in our case, you're looking for people to remember it as the best time of their lives. For us, we want them to be confident. We want them to be confident in their financial futures. And so, um, you know, those are the two reasons that, you know, I come in every day.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you, Emily and Joanne, for coming on the podcast today and spending some time with us and talking about your partnership and and uh, hope uh, our listeners today were able to grab some nuggets from it and learn from and, and just learn about what Invesco is doing in and, and the NCAA as well. And, and uh, just appreciate you coming on. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us at Sponsor Talk on Twitter and at the Sponsorship Space on LinkedIn and join our community if you're interested in learning more. Thanks and have a great day.